Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. Welcome to the latest episode of the Dog Show Show. Now, in our title, we also say presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales. And in this episode, we're going to have a look at breed standards because we've talked about this but we haven't actually said what they are. So it seems the perfect place to start would be with the Staffordshire Bull Terrier because we are Absolutely. proudly presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales. So we've got you, Barb, who knows... Nothing. Well, I was, gonna, I was going to be generous and say <laughs> some information, but we do have uh, an expert. I was going to say Australia's foremost expert. <laughs> But that'll that'll ruffle feathers, <laughs> so we won't say that. But we've got Kim, Kim Reader. She now we've got to explain a couple of terms, and then we have to explain why Kim is well placed to actually comment on the breed standards. So the breed standard is what the we keep talking about this fit for purpose, right? That's what that is. That's outlining what that actually means. Is that? Fair enough. Partly fit for purpose. It's a standard which is like a blueprint for anything set down to explain what, in this case, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier's characteristics, hallmarks of their breed, and what they're fit to do, that it matches that they could do the job. Right. It's almost like a procedure document. If you're going to have this animal, this is what it needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there's the extension or the amplification that you see in that. What's... What's the amplification? Uh, breed clubs and, and breeders and experts in the breeds were called on to write an explanation of the standard. Mm. And because lots of times people could not apply the standard or did not know what it meant. Mm. And in a lot of cases, and in the Stafford's um, case as well, there's not a, it's, it's very open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And as my mum used to say, we can all read the same book and come out at the end with a different story. Mm, mm. So it mm-hmm. needed some clarification and explanation on what was meant by that. Um, we were involved in writing that, and my mum wrote it. Yes, now that's getting to the, the reasons why you are well-placed to, to actually comment on this, because your mum was that expert. Yep. And what happened was we were, and still are, so entrenched in the breed that it became a major passion for us to find out exactly the um, history, speak to the people, the old timers, and look at the old dogs and what I always say is listen Mm. to them, Mm. not talk to them, listen to them. Mm. And that's something I say to everybody, to meet with people that know and listen so basically that's what we did. We went to England many times, uh, went to the old aged care facilities in those days where the elderly people who set down the standard met, people like Horace Priest and so many others that I could name and listen to them and they were so happy to tell us. They wanted to tell about the breed and, and how it came together. So we feel very privileged and then our attitude to that was is that we took that information on but that wasn't our information to keep, it was our information to pass on. Mm. Mm. They'd given it to us and we needed to pass it on to others. 
So we would always and still do discuss the breed standard and the breed with anybody who'll listen, obviously. <laughs> um, and so when um, what what happened was we always did the lectures for the um, judges' training scheme in New South Wales. Um, my mum and, and my sister and I put this together, this um, extension, which we mm. call an amplification. Mm -hmm. After my mum passed away, um, it was printed in National Dog, uh, printed by Wendy Slatcher, Wendy and Stuart Slatcher. And then I got a call from the ANKC to ask that if they could take the actual uh, article on and make it the extension for the breed, that it was mm -hmm. so simple to understand, so um, succinct and um, very good for the layman mm -hmm. to understand. So um, there's a long story attached to that, but um, yes, it's now ex accepted on the um, Dogs Australia website mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. our standard, which was written by the old timers in England. Mm -hmm. Um, as an ex explanation of what it is, what it means, uh, what the actual standard means, and mm. the interpretation, mm. and some uh, also some photographs and drawings which are from the old timers books. There's three books that we always recommend, which is um, Bilby, Dunn, and John Gordon's book, mm. which yeah. has got all the old information. There's a few John Gordon ex illustrations in the Dogs Australia. Yes. Yep. We were reading them earlier on. Yeah. Mm. That's how we spend our Sunday afternoons, <laughs> reading about dog standards. And a very hot day in Sydney. Yes. Yeah, and look, the plan is for those of you that are listening and want to know about other dogs as we go forward and we have other dog experts on, we get them to come on and do something similar where we'll get them to kind of take us through their standards as well and what they actually mean. But I think we've got an expert in the Bull Terrier, Staffordshire Bull Terrier sitting here. So why not get her to explain the standards to us? Because there's some very interesting <laughs> terms in there. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to try and try and be mature. I will. Okay. So if we start at the top. <laughs> we start at the top. General. Now this seems pretty pretty self-explanatory. Smooth coated, well balanced, of great strength, free size, muscular, active, and agile. Well balanced. That's just. Is that literally what that means? Just a yeah. Well, when you look at something and it's balanced, it means that everything's equal. So you know the the size of the head to the size of the body is not too big or too small. The length of the leg to the length of the body is not too short or long. Mm -hmm. So balance when you look at anything is very important. So when you look at the dog, he must be balanced mm. or she. Yeah, she. <laughs> or as we like to call him in the dog world. No, what? Don't roll your eyes at me. Where Do you mean that word, bitches? Bitches. You just loves it. You're allowed to use it. It's a proper word. Uh, it's a term. It's a term. That's right. That's, I'm just using official dog show terms. Correct. Um, the, the next one is... <laughs> I'm allowed to use official dog show terms. It's, it's more professional. Um, the next one's characteristics. Uh, technically of indomitable courage and tenacity. Highly intelligent and affectionate, especially with children. And we've discussed this before. We, you often think of these breeds as being, you know, not, not suitable ideal. for children. Yeah, but that, that's the complete opposite, isn't it? They're a different... They actually are very good with kids. 
Well, I think we discussed previously that um, the reason why most people buy a Stafford is because they're good with kids. Mm. Um, but basically, um, it's... Well, I think we've said if it hasn't got a Stafford, if it hasn't got a correct temperament and it's not good with people and kids, well, it's not a Stafford. Mm. Mm. Because it's so important and so intrinsical to the... Who they are. Ah, mm. That if it, it's often the case that it's not purebred. Yeah. That's how mm -hmm. much we know because breeders have never tolerated that problem. No. Never fostered it, never let it happen. And if it happens, they're gone. Right. Mm. It's just not tolerated. We just don't let it come through at all. No. So, but it's, it's, um, I think our, our amplification says it pretty clearly. It's in the in the show ring. It's hard to assess, mm. um, but um, and it's not easy to assess. Uh, he's he can he has demonstrated that he's good with everything. I mean, um, we've had dogs that have uh, trout fished in New Zealand, ridden on the backs of horses. Mm. And you'll get all these stories from people who own Staffords mm -hmm. if you ask for them. Right. That might be an option to ask for these kinds of stories mm. because there's millions of them. Mm. Yeah, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. Um, but they're very trainable. They've shown that, you know, they can do all these new disciplines. They've always done agility. They um, are dogs that do welfare dogs. Um, there's dogs that have always done obedience. Um, and now there's scent work dogs and mm. um, luring dogs. And, and this is around the world, not just Australia, mm. where... Um, there's all these disciplines that they just love. So the temperament has to be there for that. Mm. Um, and he's, um, he's got, he is so very independent. They can be a bit stubborn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's up to you to train like any dog, any breed needs training. There's I, no dog that doesn't need training. I love under temperament, bold, fearless and totally reliable. But in the amplification it says, a gentleman unless set upon. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, my analogy to that is Muhammad Ali because he's my era. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you never saw Muhammad Ali walking down the street punching people out. He was mm. perfectly capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But his job in the ring was to fight. Mm. And he did that well. Mm. So Staffords are very much the case. Somebody rang me the other day who has, has a two-year-old dog that I bred saying, well, it doesn't do anything, but, you know, somebody, some dog has a go at him and, and he tells it. them mm. it's Back not off. on. Yeah. So, well, that's mm. exactly what a Stafford is. Mm. We're all friendly, and but, you know, don't we're not here to, to be fighting, so mm. don't have a go at me, basically. Mm. Mm, sounds like people we know. <laughs> we've, got, we've got friends like that. <laughs> um, the head and skull. Short, deep through with broad skull, very pronounced cheek muscles, distinct stop, short foreface, nose black. And, it's, and, and in the amplification, your, your mum's described, is a rugged beauty all of its own. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It is, because a lot of people used to say, I don't think it's so much now, they used to say, oh, they're very ugly. Yeah. Mm. No. Beautifully ugly, I see. Beautifully ugly. The staffy right. smile is legendary, isn't it? You get whole Facebook page is devoted to the staffy smile. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, interesting, and we're going to touch on this because we do talk about fit for purpose. And even though a modern dog doesn't do this, they were bred for these reasons. But one of the things with the head and the skull, the head must be clean of loose or pendulous skin. And, you know, so not too many, not flappy cheeks or flappy, you know, jowls or anything like that, thick lips. Um, They were a fighting dog in in the 1800s. And as a fighting dog, if you had loose skin, that was something that could be grabbed onto by the other dog. So the desirable Stafford is the one without the loose skin and without the thick lips and with, you know, Tight, nothing yes. too much to grow onto. Tight. Mm. And because obviously if they rip the lips off, they will bleed profusely. Yeah. Mm. And um, if they, you know, had too much skin, it was something to grab onto, as you say. Mm. So, yes, it's something that's not... It's supposed to have what we term as a clean head. And we need to be very clear. We're not obviously promoting violence towards animals or dog fighting or anything like that. And obviously a modern Stafford isn't, or a show Stafford isn't bred for that. But that is very much part of the standard. That's what it needs to look like because the standard is, as I understand it, it's fit for the purpose that it was originally bred for. Well, that's right because that's the dog and that's what it looks like. And Hmm. the standard makes the dog look what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. So the fact that he's, he's, he was made that way is because of the purpose. But yes, we don't do that anymore. Mm. Haven't done it for a very long time. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, it's still, that's what a Stafford's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the reasons behind it are exactly that. Mm. But um, he's, he's got a, a you know, strong muzzle, blunt. Mm-hmm. That's another thing where I think I've mentioned a few times in the podcast that they're getting too short. It says... Short uh, and blunt and strong, but people are a bit confused with how short short is. Mm. Mm. Is there a number attached to that? I mean, I know you've said before it's a is it two thirds head, one third muzzle. Is that about? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. But the muzzle's mm. supposed to be blunt, so if the teeth are set properly in the jaw, mm-hmm. which is square to the jaw, which yeah. means straight across the front, your muzzle should be blunt. Okay. It's all about this, the structure. Is that to do with bite? Like is that as a, as a bull baiting dog or as a fighting well, so dog, it's a bite? so that he has a, a proper scissor bite. Right. You know, top to bottom. Mm. So he's got a square jaw, but there is confusion about the length of the head. And one to two thirds, one, one third muzzle to two thirds skull mm. um, is very... Um, very confused because a lot of people have, as we've mentioned, have got them too short, which mm. is creating almost a bracky breed, mm. Brachys, bracky mm. breed, which we don't mm. want. Um, but the head is, is very beautiful when you get a nice one. It's um, it's broad across the skull, skull, sorry, and and it's encased in a muscle. Mm. So you've got mm. your cheek muscles and the head's muscle. Mm-hmm. Their hedge muscle has also been a bit overdone now where it looks like an apple, which in the yeah. standard says is a fault. Mm-hmm. It should be flat. Mm. And the muzzle and the head should be parallel when turned sideways. So the plane should be parallel. Mm. The top of the skull and the top of the muzzle should be parallel. Mm. And one third to two third to the occiput, which is the bone at the back between the ears. Mm. We've all got an occiput. You can find your own there. Yeah, yeah. the little yeah. lumpy bit at yeah. the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. And it should be deep. 
on the side. So it is it is something that is um, makes the type of the breed the head. Yep. People say it's a head breed. Um, I think they refer to the fact that that helps with the type, but it's it's not a head breed. That's not all you judge or have to have. You mm. must have a whole dog mm. Uh, mm. to be fit for function and to have a good life. Mm. And is the I know there's a lot of talk in the media about these so-called designer dogs and dogs with the short muzzles like the French Bulldogs and the Pugs and things like that and the breathing issues that those dogs have. Well, I think we may have even spoken about this before. I feel like this is where I know this from, but the, that muzzle thing, is that related to breathing and, and the ability to do its job? Or is it... Yes, well, they have a short... So if, the do- if your Bull Terrier's muzzles are being shortened, that will in turn affect their breathing and... Well, the, what happens is the nose, the holes in the nose become smaller. Mm-hmm. Their um, breathing area is smaller. Yep. Also, their palate is too long, mm-hmm. which gets stuck in the back of their throat. Okay. Mm. They can't breathe through it. Yep. That's that's simply in layman's terms. So they become very narrow and they can't breathe. Oh. All right. Eyes. Dark eyes preferred, but may bear some relation to coat colour. Round of medium size and set to look straight ahead. Irims dark. And now we read this where some of the, the lighter breed colours you can have lighter eye colours, but why dark eyes? Is that a is there a reason for that or is it just Oh. Whoever wrote the standard originally just had a thing for brown-eyed dogs. Well, it's about aesthetics for that. At yeah. the end of the day, yeah. it has no relation to how... So sometimes these things are just purely... Yeah. Oh, that looks prettier. Well, yeah. if, you, if you look at um, breeds and some Staffords, for that matter, mm. that have got, you know, there's a darker dog and they've got really bright yellow eyes, mm. it's very off-putting because it's scary, isn't it? Mm. Mm. It looks scary. Mm. I don't want the breed to look scary. Mm. It's, mm. it's got a round eye and it's dark and that's mm. much more... Sort of big puppy dog eyes. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I don't know the real reason. It's not really... I mean, when you're thinking about fit for function, the eyes aren't a big issue. But as far as the type and the the matter of getting them to look like the breed, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So ears, rose or half pricked? Not large or heavy, full drop or pricked ears are highly undesirable. So they've got pictures here of a typical rose and then a semi-erect erect and then button. So I'm, I'm assuming those three are undesirable. Rose, is that like a shape of a rose petal or...? Well, it's the same as the bulldog. We came from the mm-hmm. Old English White Terrier and the bulldog and the mm-hmm. bulldog's ears are rose. Okay. So um, that came from the bulldog. Um as far okay. as the old days and the fit for function, the big, thick, heavy years, obviously they would bleed. Yep. More mm. profusely than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's half prick or, are acceptable. Mm. And remember when they wrote the standard down, lots of these breeds, including Staffords, were in development. Mm. So they were still breeding on. And so they accepted things that probably wouldn't be as acceptable today because mm-hmm. it's pretty rare you see anything but a rosy in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On occasion, you'll you, there may be a influence of a particular dog or, or bitch in the breeding that creates a problem, but very rarely uh, it's pretty entrenched, the rosy. Mm-hmm. Mouth. Lips tight and clean. 
I did that as well as I could. Jaw strong, teeth large, and a perfect and regular complete scissor bite. You mentioned that just before. Upper teeth closely overlapping the lower teeth and set square to the jaws. Again, I'm assuming this is because we want it to have a nice strong bite. Yeah, holding power. Yep, yep. So, yeah, and the canines, the, the problems that we see these days are what's called converging canines. So the bottom canines lean in and go into the roof of the mouth. Mm. And it's a problem in a lot of breeds. Mm. But it's a malocclusion of the jaw, which means they're, they've got receding underjaws, mm. usually. Mm. And um, so, yeah, not fit for purpose at all. That would not work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So it's very important that they have a scissor bite for holding power, that their canines lock, mm-hmm. that they have um, what they call big, they need to have big teeth, not mm-hmm. little teeth like the bulldog. Mm-hmm has to be very large mm-hmm. and um, set square to the jaw means from canine to canine it's a straight line because mm-hmm. that gives them strength and they've got to have an underjaw. The repugnus underneath is supposed to be strong as well because mm-hmm. if that's weak, obviously they couldn't do their job either. It would mm-hmm. break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Neck, muscular, rather short, clean in outline, gradually widening towards the shoulders. Well, that seems... Obvious, and that speaks to that balance thing as well. Right size head, right shaped neck, aesthetically pleasing to a certain extent. Plus, he had to also... move his head around when he was in the pit. Yeah. So he had to have it said rather short. But when they set the standard down, the old timers told us that they said said rather short in comparison to a fox terrier, because most terrier breeds were taken when they were writing standards from the fox terrier standard. Right. Yeah. So when they said rather short, they meant relative to the fox terrier. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it had to be, but still muscular and long enough to turn his head. Yep. And move his head around quite easily. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, four quarters. Um, legs straight and well boned, set rather wide apart, showing no weakness at the pasterns. From which point the feet turn out a little shoulders well laid back and no looseness at elbow. A couple of tones in terms in there, and we will talk about one in a minute because we've talked about it before. But well boned. What's well boned? Well, to have bone is um, staff is supposed to have a round bone. Do okay. you know what I mean? Round bone. Yep. Right. So if you look at other breeds, um, especially um, the hounds that are built for speed. Yep. Uh, they often have bladed bone, which okay. is pointy at the front mm-hmm. of the bone and then yeah. flat at the back. Yeah. Right. Um, so like the front of a ship sort of thing. Yeah. Aerodynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So when they say round bone, it means exactly that, round, yeah. strong. So rounds for strength. Yeah. If you put them in a, in a pit in those days or when the standard was set down, they basically, um, they wouldn't survive with that. Yeah that bladed bone it'd be too weak and when they say they want round bone it's for strength yeah they don't want it as heavy as a bulldog what they must be is a fine blend of bull and terrier so sit somewhere in the middle not leaning to the bull not lean to the terrier yeah so what's happened is is that those ones with the fine bone are leaning to the terrier the ones that are leaning with the real heavy bone are leaning to the bull type, bulldog. Yeah. And in between, there's what's correct. Yeah. So some people have come up with a thing, well, mine's a terrier type. No such thing. Mm. A 
it's either the right type or it's not, which is the one in the middle. Yeah. Okay. You, if you're leaning to the terrier, you're, you're too light in bone. Mm. If you're leaning to the bulldog, you're too heavy in bone and coarse. Yeah. Mm. So neither of those are right. What's right is the combination of getting rights back in the middle, but it's got to be round, quality, strong bone, yeah. but not heavy and not light. So the right, the round is very for very much for strength. It's really on just as an aside for a little bit here. It's like, okay, so they wrote these standards in for a fighting dog, mm. and when they, so when you actually sat down and looked at these standards, and when they were writing them in the eighteen hundreds, the next person that read it, if I want a good fighting dog, this is what I want. I wonder if they ever thought for a second that we'd be sitting here discussing this in terms of showing a dog or, you know, purely from an, an aesthetic point of view. Like, I know we, we judge on fit for purpose, but it has to be a certain... Well, there is a certain look to it. You, they have to look a certain way and be a certain way. I just think it's amazing that they wrote this for a fighting dog and now, 200 years they're later... They're not fighting anymore. They're not fighting anymore, no. They, mm. Well, they knew that when they wrote the standard, we weren't allowed to fight anymore. That's why they oh, okay. made them show dogs. Okay. Right, so they changed it to being a standard. A standard had to be written for the show, right? For judges to judge from. Okay. Right, so they knew that. So this was only written after dog fighting was banned or mm. outlawed. Okay. So basically, but they still were that for that purpose. So they had to stick to what they were bred to do, just the same as even if they're not doing it anymore. Just the yeah. same as the Afghans or the Salukis or the, or the yeah. or, you know mm. the can terriers that get down a can of rocks to chase vermin. Mm. You yeah. know that the. the they, all sorts of things they had to. Yeah. So they sat down the standard with that in mind, but still, this was the purpose of the dog. Mm. So we still have to keep that in mind. Mm. But shall I say, they sat around exactly like this, mm. without microphones, yeah. without air conditioning, and had a bunch of dogs <laughs> and talked exactly the same way yeah. about, and still yeah. do, people that real dog talk. You know, mm. you go places... And you get talk, but then you go to other places and you get real dog talk where mm. you get to talk about the dogs. Mm. And, you know, that's how you learn mm. in my book is mm. to talk, sit down and talk about it. And mm. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> always, always something. The, the dog hasn't barked once today. That's, that's been fantastic. Good. Yeah, that's good. I don't know where she is, but she hasn't barked. Yeah. Sleep in the hallway. That's where she usually is. On guard. Well, look, you know, our dog's part Maltese Terrier and she hasn't bought one packet of Maltesers to us, so I'm really, I think we've got a, a broken one, to be honest with you. Um, and the other the other phrase that was in there was looseness at the elbow, and you were saying off air that that's about the, the elbow sort of being set too wide apart, like walking like a, yes. a bodybuilder or somebody with eggs under their armpits or something like that. Well, again, we came from the bulldog. Yep. And those um, traits come from the bulldog. Yeah. Um, and the looseness... Is from meaning the elbow should be tight to the body, <coughs> not cabriole fronts, which is like Queen Anne for that nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, okay. yep, right. yep. Another one, the curvy. Yep, yep. So um, basically, yeah, it should it shouldn't be. It should be straight. So drop directly down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be uh, loose in any way or or bent. Mm-hmm. The only part that has a slight turnout is the pastern, and that's also for um, leverage. What's a pastern? So down the bottom before yep. the down the bottom of the leg before the foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sort of the ankle, the ankle, the, 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 the Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Body. 
close coupled with level top line, wide front, deep brisket, well-sprung ribs, muscular and well-defined, level top line. So, And based on the picture that they've got here, it's sort of like a, a, a poor example is something that kind of dips down just above those shoulders and then comes back up into the back. But we're looking for something that goes sort of straight from neck into back and it's no real significant dip. Is that kind of the um, right interpretation? Well, the, your, back, your top line comes from your construction of your hind and your front assembly. Mm-hmm. So if they're correct, your top line would be correct. Okay. Okay, so it's supposed to be level. Um, and it's basically... Um, it shouldn't be perfectly straight like an ironing board or a mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. It has a slight musculation over the withers. Mm-hmm. Not the withers, sorry. The rump. And so basically what happens is is that um, that's also for strength and fighting. So mm-hmm. you pull them up. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be to- totally flat. Okay. And it comes from the construction from the front and the hind end. So, but when the front's correct, you bring your hands around the front and it should be smoothed into the, to the ribs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the top should go down from the neck, should go down into the withers, which you said is you need an explanation for which is the bottom of the neck and the top of the shoulder is the width mm-hmm. is the same as on a horse or any animal mm-hmm. okay and then it goes straight along slight musculation and then into the hind quarter which goes into a low set tail mm-hmm. okay on the front you bring them around and it should be smooth because the front assembly is correct mm. another issue the breed has at this current time is the front assembly is not very good in a lot of breeds mm-hmm. but in ours as well if it's not constructed in the front, it affects the top line. Mm-hmm. So when you're judging and the dog's going around the ring, you can that's when you can see, as long as they don't run them too fast, mm. when you can see the um, top line. Mm. Mm. Hindquarters, we sort of touched on this, and, and as we've established, it's part of the overall picture. Well-muscled. Hocks will well let down with stiffles and well-bent. Legs parallel when viewed from behind. Um, and it's got any amplification, correct balance is important in a matter of height and breadth of hind quarters. Again, that's a, a fighting thing, I'm guessing. That's a balance thing, aesthetic almost as well. Well, it's it's another function thing. A lot of people, not so much in this country, but others, you know, say don't worry about the hind quarters. But we had to take the head to the pit somehow. You mm. have to use the hind end to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it does have a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to have a lot of strength. Well turned stifle, well down, let down at the hock. Um, that's for pushing power. And it has to be strong, so it's not to be. The straight stifle usually causes a lack of a second thigh. Mm-hmm. You have to have a second thigh. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, and it should be balanced. So it's really important that the hind end is there. Um, it's got a drive. It's, got, it's driving the dog. Mm. Dogs don't just pull themselves along with their front. They're driving it's from the behind. It's the engine. Mm. Yeah, exactly it. Rear-wheel drive dog. That's right. It's mm. supposed mm. to be, well, it's supposed to have front end. For all-wheel drive, actually. For, for all-wheel drive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, big on all-wheel drive. I just, I just <laughs> want to see one of the car companies come out with a, you're welcome to the Holden Staffordshire. Oh, we did <laughs> get a Holden ad at one point. <laughs> a what one? Oh, we did have a Holden ad where a Stafford was in the Holden oh, on really? the back of the U. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, I, and Actually, I've, I think I remember that. I've learnt something today as well because our little Daisy has, is what we call cow hocked. Her, her back legs 
uh, for just Google. There are pictures in the dog, the, the application document that you can have a look at. But cowhocks, are, the legs turn out a little bit at the back end. So, um, sadly, days. No, well, apart from the fact that a purebred, no show dogging for you. But she's cowhocked. There you go. Um, feet well padded, Sorry strong. About that, mate. <laughs> I'm devastated. <laughs> she's pretty though. That's okay. She's lovely. Feet well padded, strong, and of medium size. Nails black in solid coloured dogs. So again. Um, we just need a good strong foot for good strong footing for the purpose that it's bred for. And then the nails, the nails would be an aesthetic thing as well, as wouldn't it? Black yeah. nails? Yeah. We've talked about the black nails before. We found that really interesting. Have we? Okay. Mm. I sometimes struggle with my memory. It's 10 years of playing rugby. Lucky I don't. No, no. <laughs> Tail, medium length, low set tapering to a point and carried rather low. Should not curl much. And maybe likened to an old-fashioned pump handle. <laughs> I like that. Um, that and that that that's very much, I think, the influence of the eighteen hundreds in there, isn't it? You know, a low, an old-fashioned pump handle. Yeah, because people now would say, "What's a pump handle?" Yeah, what are you, what are you pumping? Water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They'd be, they'd be people. I had to pump the water I, from the ground. I guarantee you. If we said that to our eight-year-old, she'd be like, "You had to do what? <laughs> to where?" Yeah. Um, and and it's interesting. There's a couple of things there where um, that there's an example of the typical tail. There's too long, so too long sort of looks like it comes down almost to the past the the area you call the stifles down at the back of the leg there. And then the middle one is, and this is just dog terminology, gay, just up and bouncing around. But as you said, in the ring. You're looking at the because this one, this example, this tail is actually pointing up. So even in a ring, if it's pointing up, as long as it starts pointing down and then goes up, that's kind of because there is a picture of a little bit later on of a dog with a tail up, but its tail is very much going down first, and it's just up because it's excited to be shown. Well, I think there's so much confusion about the Stafford tail, Mm. Um, especially with people learning about the breed and judges. It says um, maybe likened to an old-fashioned pump handle. The most important thing about it is it's set, mm. and it has to be set low. If it's not set low, it's usually because the hind end is not constructed properly. Mm. The fact that it's gay is the set, mm. and some dogs will go around the ring with their tails up, mm. but that's their temperament. They're on, they're on alert. Mm. You have to look at the set to determine whether the dog's tail's correct or not. Okay. Um, most dogs with low with low set tails have pump handles. By the way, that comes from the bulldog. Yeah. And now everybody thinks the bulldog's got a screw tail, you know, the little mm. corkscrew screw yeah. tail. Yeah. But um, if you read their standard, they that says they have um, pump handle tail the same as us. Okay. But it's just that everything's got a screw tail, so that's what everybody sees. Mm. Mm. So we're not unique to having this kind of tail. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is um, it is set low. It does come to nearly the hock. Um, it's supposed to be um, look like an old-fashioned um, pump handle. Um, and we usually measure the tail inside the back leg and... Mm. Um, down to nearly the the, the hock. Um, it should be strong at the root as well. It's got to be very strong at the root, and tapers away to a point. 
Mm. Um, so it is a, another point of confusion for many people. Um, the, the most important thing about it, and in lots of lectures that we've all given over the years, um, most people have said, oh, yes, it's a hallmark of the breed. Uh, no. The fact that it's set low is what is important. Mm. Um, it's not supposed to be curly or anything like that on the end. Um, you know, it's not supposed to be too short either. Mm. You get a lot of dogs that are too short, the tail's too short. Mm. But usually the dog's too short all over when that happens because mm-hmm. it's an extension of the um, backbone. Mm. So, but yes, you're clearly right with the gay tail. Some people confuse that, especially going around the ring when a dog's on alert. And Staffords can be on alert going around the ring. Dogs mm. and bitches want mm. to run around the ring and, you know, they're looking out for everything around them mm. and their tail will go up. It doesn't mm. mean it's gay. Mm. Just means it's happy. Yeah, yeah. if you think so. <laughs> <laughs> gait, and movement. gait and movement. Free and powerful and agile with economy of effort. I love that phrase, economy of effort. Legs moving parallel when viewed from front to rear. Discernible drive from the hind legs, as we were touching about before. Its drive comes from, but it's an all-wheel drive animal. But um, economy of effort, so it's it's doing just what it needs to do. It's not doing too much. It's not doing too little. It's doing what exactly what it needs to do because in a in a fight situation, it would need to conserve energy. Is that well? Yeah, it's supposed to have reach in the front. Yep. So, if people understand what that is, hmm. it's not supposed to be restricted. It's not supposed to flick. It's not supposed to flick from the paston. Hmm. It's not supposed to looks like sometimes they look like they flick from the shoulder mm. Mm. if the if the shoulder's not laid correctly at the mm. right angles mm-hmm. it causes the front movement to be wrong mm-hmm. okay so if it's not laid back properly and the humerus isn't the right length mm-hmm. it can cause all sorts of weird movement in the front mm. so if that is set properly well then it'll reach properly it'll mm-hmm. reach out mm. And it will also drive if the hind end and the pelvis and the um, structure of the hind end is correct. Mm-hmm. It will, um, its hips are right, all that sorts of things. It's all about mm-hmm. the, the structure of the bones in the hind end mm-hmm. and the musculation. So they must be, have power and drive, mm-hmm. not little tippy toes mm-hmm. like behind mm-hmm. or dragging, sometimes dragging their hind end where the front's pulling it. Mm. Um, and that's why it's so important that when mm. when people are judging them, they they shouldn't run. They should be they should slow down and go at a a good uh, trot. I feel like there's a. I'm literally just looking at this line, and I feel like we just get a little insight into your mum's personality here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bit bit no nonsense, and <laughs> you will understand what I mean. The Staffords should always be exhibited on a loose lead and moved at a medium trot. They are not in capital letters. N O T. Racing greyhounds and the commercial speedster should be asked to move again at a reasonable pace. <laughs> Am I right? Is that just a little insight? Well, I can no recall nonsense. her judging once and or more than once, but a particular handler just kept bringing this, bringing this dog in and just wouldn't slow down. And she just said, I'm going to give you one more turn, one more go. Go round. Please don't run. Please. Went again. And ran. A million times an hour. There you go, down there, last. (laughs) 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 And that's how serious we take it. Well, how can you judge a dog if you can't see it? 
That's nice. very important. Yeah. And look, it's it's there in the standard as well, and it's there in the extension. But yeah. I must say that there seems to be a lot less of it because obviously judges are more educated in the fact that they shouldn't run, mm, mm. and they don't allow it either. Mm. Or some aren't so um, passionate about the breed mm. that they would even do that. They will just give them nothing, mm. say nothing. But, you mm. know, we, we always say something. I do the same if people won't yeah. slow down. Can you please slow down? I can't see the movement on this dog. Mm. Mm. And, and frankly, if you're not smart enough to follow a very simple instruction like do not run, you deserve to be last. You mm. just, you know, come on. I always say please first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please do not run. Coat, short, smooth and close. That makes sense. Uh, as a media, uh, Staffordshire coat is quite distinctive, best described as medium coarse texture and pleasant to handle. Mm. 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 Uh, this short, sharp. Do they shed a lot? Do they shed Staffords? Do they Some shedy do. dogs? They do um, change their coats on the change of seasons yeah. sometimes. Mm. Um, some more than others. But their coat really should look like a seal. Mm. Mm. Ah, it's just that really smooth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really close. Mm. Yep. Um, some of them have a bit more of a thicker coat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, in general, um, they will shed, yeah. Mm. And the colour, red, fawn, white, black or blue, or any of these colours with white. So you could have like a blue with a white patch on its chest or something like that. Any shade of brindle or any shade of brindle with white. And I know you've said this before, but people may not have heard the episode because it says here black and tan or liver colour, highly undesirable. Why are they undesirable? Why are they no? Why can't we have those? Uh, the old timers in their books wrote that um, the colour would spread like a germ, right. which meant that it was dominant. Okay. So black and tan's not a colour; it's a pattern. Yep, yep. I remember you saying it before. And it's called the agouti pattern. And if we kept breeding with it, our breed would become black and tan. Yeah. Like a Rottweiler mm. or Dobermans. Dobermans, yeah. So. Um, the best way to do that was not encouraging people to breed with it okay, or show it. Um, some, over the years, over the decades, different people have come with their with their black and tans, not knowing their black and tans, which is like a black, black and tan variety, which is, you know, just slightly powdered, the yeah. pattern, hard to see. Some people once had a pied one, which one side of the face was white and the other side was coloured so yep. it only had a peanut over one eye and very pale the giveaway is what they call the clover leaf under the vent which is the bottom yep. and um, <laughs> behave animal <laughs> and, and, um, thank you I'm glad you're onto them now too um, and so um, <laughs> they would know they would sometimes be find out at the ring that their dog mm. wasn't correct mm. and wasn't wasn't some would still go in and some would go oh I wasn't aware some judges would miss it on occasion yeah. um, but there doesn't seem to be any of that happening anymore mm. not here anyway the liver was deemed um, um, to be too soft for the pit and it was a color that wasn't encouraged because it really didn't have a very good temperament oh. not that mm. it would bite or anything it just wasn't a good temperament. Just didn't do what it was supposed to do. It wasn't a Stafford, like mm. it's just not Staffordy. Mm. So they said that they didn't want to encourage those either. We, as I said, I think in the podcast we spoke about it before. 
was um, in the early days, I think we had two, Milo and Chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I remember their names when I was a kid. Um, and um, they're very um, soft, lovely. We, we let them go to, you know, family pet homes. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, we used to get Christmas cards from them. Mm. And, you know, they were lovely people, but mm. they just didn't have the Stafford temperament. And that's why the old timers decided not to have them mm. as part of Good the breeding standard. programs. Mm. And because also what we've got to realise is the standard set up there for people to do their pre breeding program against. And this is what you should be using for breeding stock mm. that mm. matches this standard, not yeah. just the show ring. Mm. Mm. Size, desirable height at withers, 36 to 41 centimetres. These heights being related to weight. For the dogs, it weights 13 to 17 kilos. And for bitches, 11 to 15.4 kilos. That's pretty precise, 15.4. Mm. Again, balance, aesthetics, per fit for purpose. Well, they had to, I, I'm going to talk in old, old terms. numbers, yep. Old, uh, Imperial. They're here as well. I just. Yeah, yeah I know. I, so there's um, a 10 pound and a 2 inch difference. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is pretty big. And why they did that was they were encouraging everything to be registered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there was big and tall, there was bigger dogs and smaller dogs. Mm -hmm. When we first started out, this is a revision of the standard, we started out with 18 inches. Mm -hmm. And they brought the standard down mm. to 16. Mm. And um, so that's why the variation is so large. But the old timers said for strength and for the pit, it was better to have a good biggin than a good lillin. Mm. 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 Right. Yeah. So for their purpose, so they preferred the top end of the scale. Yep. Whilst those, but both those measurements is perfectly acceptable as long as they're balanced and meet the standard. So contrary to the old, the old say, contrary to the old saying, sometimes it is about the size of the dog in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's okay. Um, These yeah. things happen. Um, yes, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, and there's always debate over that as well. Um, lots of people think they should be small. Lots of them think they should be tall. Yeah. Um, you know, they, you go to different countries in the world and look at, at Stafford's even now, and there's always bigger ones and smaller ones. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, you know, sometimes they're lucky to be 14 inches. Well, that's getting to be a miniature, mm -hmm. which there's no such thing. Yeah, yeah, same as yeah. the other thing. No, it's not a, it's not a miniature Staffordshire Terrier. It's a Staffordshire Terrier. It's just smaller. So, like, it's not a Terrier Staffordshire Terrier or a Bull Staffordshire Terrier. It's well, with the praise is. of moving away from purebreds and doing all sorts of things, I did mm. at one point have some person contact me and saying, "Well, I'm breeding them smaller than 14 inches. Can you help me register them as a miniature?" Well, no, no, we couldn't do that. Because mm. why would you do that? What are they breeding with to breed at smaller than 14 inches? Well, keep some, they keep breeding with the small ones. Oh, they just get the small ones they out of the litters. Breeding the small ones. Yeah. Instead of breeding... Mm. Instead of breeding... But what people don't realise is, is that when you're breeding, if you're on a breeding pattern, on a breeding plan mm. that you've created yourself, and you go off that plan, your dogs will get bigger because it's hybrid vigour. Mm. Okay, but once you start breeding back to the lines, 
the, the size will come back down. Mm. So mm. this is what people don't understand that, you know. But, you know, as it says at the bottom of the standard, it's basically in, in accordance with the severity of the faults, what it means. Mm. And if something is a bit too small or too big, it's in, it's not, we throw them out. Mm. It's the same as the ears might be untidy or mm. could probably move better. Mm. Could it, it's all mm. relative to the amount of... You could have a dog that's perfect in every other way, but it's just a little bit tall. Yeah, well, now where's the, he? Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, that's yeah. how I think so better. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. he might be too small. Yeah, mm. yeah. But it's, it's better to breed with the, the top ones because you can bring them down. And then the, the last couple, I have a genuine question for these last couple of things. Um, faults, any departure from the questions foregoing genuine? points. Well, no, no. You're going to think the question is facetious, but it's not. It's, it's, you're going to think, <laughs> oh, based on my sense of humour, you're going to think it's weird. Um, oh, any, any, so, faults, any departure from the foregoing points should be considered a fault. And the seriousness with which the fault should be regarded should be in exact proportion to its degree and its effect upon the health and welfare of the dog. Correct. Um, so when judging the standard is to be used as a guideline, all faults to be penalised in accordance with severity. This is accepting, as we were just saying, those faults that are to debar a dog from winning a prize. As quoted in the standard, the only other fault which is to be ostracised is a black and tan and liver colour. Yeah, okay. So as we were saying, if it's something fairly minor, we can let it go and it might still be the best dog. But well, if you're, there's... Vir- you're judging the virtues. Yeah. When you're breeding, that's a whole different hat. Yeah. Mm. But if you if if it's something, what would be a serious like? You talk about the running thing before. Is there anything that you would look at as a as a judge that would go, "This is so serious that we actually can't let this dog win a prize," or oh. would it have to be a couple of things together? No, severely undershot mouth. Okay. You'd put him down the end of the line. Okay. Oh. I think I've told the story maybe. Where my mum was judging the first co-sponsored match in the US for Stafford's in California. And this man walked onto the ground with this beautiful white dog. Mm. And we're walking across to the ring and we look at each other like, wow, right? Yeah. The dog goes in the ring, so she judges it and it doesn't get anything. I thought, what? We're you're not in, you're outside going, what's going what on? What happened? <laughs> so I went to the side of the ring, waited for it to stop and I went, what's going on and she said grossly undershot mm. so you could have stuck your fingers down down into yeah, the... like a bulldog yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. so that dog That's... came in for every other because they had property classes every mm. other aspect of the standard head mm. ears eyes mm. movement it won everything mm. but it could not because it had something so wrong that you could not give it a prize. Couldn't go past it. Wow. Because it couldn't do its job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah it couldn't yeah. do its job with a mouth like that. Mm. And the man was great. He understood perfectly. Yeah. Mm. So, but at the end of the day, I mean, there were lovely other dogs there. Don't get me wrong. It's just that we happened to see him walk by mm. by himself and yeah. go, oh, wow. It's funny. But do you reckon, yeah. you reckon he, he probably knew that? But then kind of went, oh, I'm just going to have a crack anyway, just on the off chance that the judge overlook it or maybe not know it or something like that. I don't know. It was a big occasion. It was the first co-sponsored match in the US. Okay. Um, it was a big entry. People wanted to be there. Hmm. People wanted to show their dogs. They wanted to show their dog under somebody who knew what they were talking about. Hmm. And um, the breed was very uh, uh, new and very... Um, 
you know, people weren't aware of it. Mm. Though people did come out, there was people who'd immigrated from England, bought their dogs. Mm. There were so many wonderful dogs there. So I think on that occasion, it could have been, we never did discuss it with him, but it, it could have been that he just wanted to be there for the day, or he may well have not known. There was lots mm. of new people around mm-hmm. who wanted to come and, and learn as well for the day. Mm. So not quite sure why, but he took it on the chin. Um, he probably did know when you think about it in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's just that he wanted to be there for the occasion. And, you know, he, appre- he knew his dog was great. And, you know, sometimes people, I don't think so really very often, but, you know, they could have slipped through. Who knows? Mm. He wanted to give it a shot maybe. Mm. Who knows? I don't know what happened. But it was, was you know, that, that was something you definitely can't give a, a prize. Um, you know, if a dog is aggressive, you and I don't, I mean, tries to bite you, mm. it's mm. out mm-hmm. yeah. on the spot. I had that happen to me in New Jersey when I judged when I was 18. A beautiful dog from the UK and uh, mm, had a go at me. And go on. Sorry, and they came and saw me, and I said, "I don't know that it's a Stafford when it behaves like that." Mm. Mm. You're supposed to be a gentleman. Well, that's right, mm. and you know, mm. it's a kid supposed to crawl all over it mm. and play with it and that sort of thing. So, mm. but there are there's those things that would you know there's you know there's few things, but it's all relative to uh, what you um, have in the ring on the day. Yeah. Yeah, mm. you know, yeah. mediocrity is another issue. Some if there's a lineup of very ordinary dogs, it's very hard to judge them. Pick which one of them. Mm. Our very last mm. question. I have a couple of questions in regard to this one. Male animals should have two apparently normal testicles fully descended into the scrotum. I knew you were going to ask this. Now what? Now, genu- these are genuine questions. Yeah, I get it. There's You're no, not a dog person. There's no. It? There's no double entendres here. Nothing dirty about this. No cheekiness. Why are they going to have testicles? So they can breed. Okay, purely for breeding, not like an aggression thing or no, you, they're not, no. that's off. They're not as you know, no. not as cranky. No. No, no, because when dog shows are set up, they're set up for people to not only somebody to judge it, but for people to come and make their own decisions. Geez, I about like dogs. that dog. I want that dog to breed with my dog. I think that could go well with my bitch. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to go and approach them. Stop it. I'm going to approach them. I'm going to stop saying that word. Um, <laughs> just, uh, I think that'd be good with my bitch. Stop it. <laughs> I just imagine a guy with a big hat and a cane, you know, pimp style. Anyway, um, well, yeah, yeah, no, but that's it. That's, so that's it. It's, it's purely just that if you see that dog and go, oh, I like the look of that thing, I want we to have, have puppies other with that. We have classes now, which we introduced to oh, yeah. I don't know how many years ago now, called neutered for when you don't have to. Right. So you can enter your dog in like YouTube. geldings in in yes, horse racing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes dogs come back and they're beautiful, and people want them shown and want a title. Mm-hmm. Um, there's neutered champions. Mm-hmm. Um, so and same for the girls. Mm. If they're not entire anymore, they've got classes for the girls as well. Now here's my that's my other mm. question. There's no female. What like in terms of a, a female in terms of a bitch? Well, it goes without saying. Because so, it's a show for for um, stock that's being will produce. Right. So she's got to be entire. Mm. Uh, 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 puppies or no puppies? No, you don't have to have puppies. No, but I mean, like, if you're showing your dog, is it are you? Are you is because there's nothing in here about it. It's really What's the point? actually yeah. put put my head in the. And this is when I said I've got this question. 
I'm imagining a dog that's had puppies has got teats, and they would be mm. visible on the dog. Are we looking for a female that has had not had puppies, so aesthetically she's pleasing? Would the teats be something in a fight that might actually be a disadvantage for her? Or are we looking for something that has, you know? Well, normally what happens is you have the litter of puppies and you manage, manage her to go back yeah. that she doesn't have teats hanging down. Right. Yeah, that, and that's yeah, that's that's. So you, that's in in the preparation of yeah. of so preparing them for the show. The time of when she's not going to be. Yeah, you you you've got to you've got to work on it, just like us, mm. love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got. To... I'm still working on it. No, <laughs> my daughter's eight. <laughs> what you've got to do is like it's like okay, so you want to go back? Exactly. <laughs> we never go back exactly. Right? That's right. <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm stopping this. No, no, please, no, no, no. I'm, this is a because je- yeah, you know no. I feel like there is possibly a little gap in this in that standard. There's no gap. Let me explain. Yeah, this how, isn't addressed. Yeah, I'm, what I'm really curious. Is that what we do is is that okay, and this is why it's always been harder to win best of breed, and with the girls, it's harder to get a big winning bitch than it is a dog. Yeah. Right. Because of these things, you pull them out for the litters. Mm. You've got to bring them back, and you bring them back in show condition. Yeah. So you have to have her. You have to exercise her. You have to feed her in a particular way to get her boobs back up. Yeah. Right. As much as you can. Right. Um, so similar to a th- like a we've I've always drawn comparison between human athletes and and canine athletes. Similar to a human athlete, she's a period of time where she's pregnant, she has a baby, there's a period of time afterwards where she's, you know, got to regain her condition because of stomach muscles Mm. or a hip muscle. So I had a a woman that we were doing exercise classes with quite a few years ago now, and when she had had a baby and and actually ruptured the tendons in her, like in her pubic bones, and so she wasn't able to exercise and then had to shut her business down. Yep. So that, you know... Potentially a, a human female is having a baby and, and the baby does some level of damage to the body. There is some injury that occurs because of that. Mm. They have to rehab and repair and get back to peak physical condition. That could take 18 months after the baby's born. Same for dogs. Yeah, it's not that quite that long. But no, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah. So what happens is, is that, um, you know, you wean them off. People wean them off at different ages. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, she's usually not in condition, but, you know, you have to get a figure back, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to uh, make sure that, you know, people have all these remedies on how to get the boobs up. Mm-hmm. Ring around, what do you do to get the boobs up? How do you get them up? Mm. Um, how do you dry the milk up? Mm-hmm. That's another issue. Mm. Um, you know, if you wean them off slowly and, and so on, still some of them are very, very maternal and don't want to give up the milk and don't want to get let go of the bubbies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, for myself, if I'm pulling a bitch out to breed, it's for a long time, yeah. because I don't wean early and do that early. I believe they've got to have their mum. Mm. Mm. That's the best for them in for, for your next generation. Yeah. So, but everybody's different. Some people will wean them off earlier and get them back into condition. Mm. Some people um, do like I do, but. At the end of it, yes, you have to get them back into condition. You mm. exercise them. You um, feed them differently. Mm. All those sorts of things, the same as any 
lady, female mm. of any species. Okay, but there's usually a lot of exercise. Um, egg white's good to put on the boobs. And at the end of the day, if nothing works and you think she's that great, you take her in the ring and you just stand and pull the boobs backwards towards you so the judge can't see them. Oh. <laughs> that's a handling tip. Oh. <laughs> so what you literally is you're standing, you're, you hold, you're the holding them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, the genuine questions about that because I just thought... If you think she's that great and... Yeah. Because yeah, I just imagine you'd, you'd probably, if you had a really good bitch, you'd show her for a, a few years, win a couple of titles with her, and then breed her. Cause well, you, could... you can't really breed them till they're two. Mm. Um, and so and some people are longer than that. And some people, like a friend of mine just recently um, wanted a grand champion, a supreme champion for her bitch, and she only needed some points. So we sat down and manually worked out how many shows for how many points and where we could get them mm -hmm. right so she did that and at the end of it she said well i'm going to breed her what shall i put her to mm. and, and she actually used for one asked to use one of my dogs and i said look this is a better option for you and i sent her to somewhere and yes they've turned out lovely yeah so at the end the end of the day um she's that that bitch is old enough that she'll retire her mm. Okay, she mm -hmm. won't bring her back. Maybe for shows like specialty shows in veterans or something like that, mm -hmm. but will not compete with her because, like purist breeders, do that, and then they've got a next generation to show mm. and breed with. Yeah, and I would have thought if you've taken a dog out, won a couple of championships, made it a great dog, just makes it all that more desirable to breed with as well. Like you'd have people wanting to breed with your dog because it's a champion, and we want that dog. Oh, yeah. Well, with the males, yes. That's uh, lots of people contact the club and say, you know, how mm. can I get someone to use my dog? Well, it's not quite like that. Mm. You know, they normally, in, in our end of the purest world, is, is that you approach a dog because uh, that line's compatible to your bitch. Mm. And you usually not always find them in the show ring. They don't mm. always have to be champions mm. because of, I always say, phenotype and genotype. Mm. You know, the, it's usually the brother to the great dog that produces. Mm. So, mm. Um, the plain one. Mm. The so spare. That's it, <laughs> the spare. Let's not go there. Oh, we had that conversation earlier about that. So, <laughs> so but, um, yeah, exactly. But, um, so, yeah, that's another story. But, yeah, basically, that's it. Mm. Yeah, I, I just was curious about that. That's, that's what that is. But yeah, it's just it's just um, it's more than a law. It's a, like more like a more, you know, where you're just not allowed to do that. It's not acceptable mm. to to show a, a, a de-sex bitch, and that's why they made the classes for them so that mm. there could be more people participate and maybe think, well, you know, maybe I'd like to get an entire mm. specimen and show in the other end, or continue to show the spade one or de-sex ones. Mm. But that really came in due to the fact that. You know, things would go wrong and you'd have a really beautiful specimen mm. and they'd have to be uh, dissexed because of some injury or, you know, the girls would get pyometra or something. Mm. And we'd all go, oh, what a shame. Mm. You know, she's, she's champion material. Mm. And so they created um, classes for all those. And then others started to come in, mm. and, and, which is a good thing mm. because, again, it exposes them to everything else. Mm. Mm. And really, if she's fit for every other purpose that the dog's bred for, 
Mm. If she's she a lovely specimen, yeah. yeah. Mm. Like all him too. This happens with dogs as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. Very informative as usual. Thank you very much. And um, if people want to know more, they can look on the Dogs Australia yeah. website. Are you going to add the link to the? I will. And we'll, we'll put. We'll po- We'll post a copy of the Dogs New South Wales standard and then Dogs Australia. Um, amplification standard as well. Yeah, that includes mm. the amplification. Yeah. If anybody's interested in having a read. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's very fascinating. It is. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks.